Good morning. Please join in as we sing your words.
This time the Haley Creek gonna bring a special, and I left room for more than one song. You probably guess that we will go redneck on you at Promised Land. Now we've had a, we had visitors in our service last week. There's a reason for this. You remember Ronnie Coulter sang last Sunday, done a wonderful job. He wrote that song that he sang, by the way. Uh, but there was a visitor here that said, boy, I'd come every Sunday if you would sing. Well, we're going to, about six, seven, eight Sundays, preacher, whatever it takes to that, though they join, you know, we're going to let Ronnie sing. So that's why he chose him to sing this song this morning. <laughs> now he does a wonderful job, and we're proud of Ronnie. You know, the only way you can get peace in your heart is have Jesus Christ in your heart. Everything is vanity and vexation of spirit if you went to Sunday school class. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so tired and so weary, but I must go along till the Lord comes and calls me away. Oh, yeah. Where the morning is bright And the lamb is alive And the night, the night is as fair as the day Oh yeah There will be peace in the valley for me someday There will be peace in the valley for me, oh Lord, I pray there be no sadness, no sorrow, no trouble I see. There will be peace in the valley for me someday. Well, the bear will be gentle and the wolf shall be tamed and the lion shall lay down down by the lamb oh yeah and the beast from the wild shall be led by a child and I'll be changed changed from this creature that I am oh yeah there will be peace in the valley for me someday There will be peace in the valley for me Oh Lord, I pray There be no sadness, no sorrow, no trouble I see There will be peace in the valley for me Someday. I didn't go last night, so they stuck me to the front this morning. We missed Jimmy last night. We missed Jimmy this morning. Jimmy ain't talking very good back here. I missed singing for about 40 last night, so they put me in front of about 300 this morning to calm my nerves. This is an old one. Mr. Ed does it a lot. I don't think I've done it here. Yeah, we're going to go to G. It's a little easy for me to sing. All right, Tim.
good to see everyone. All of our visitors want to thank you for being here. And uh, to the Lord be all the honor and all the glory. He's why we're here this morning. He's the purpose of this gathering. He is the reason that we came to this place. And I'll be honest, He's the reason that I have a purpose to sing about this morning. He's why I'm alive this morning. And I owe Him everything that I can give Him today. I tell you, he's worthy of every bit of it. I am so thankful for the choir and the musicians and the Haley Creek boys for what they did this morning. To the Lord be all the honor and glory. And uh, I, I want to say, I want to continue this morning on getting back to the basics. Uh, this is something that we've been on since the first of the year. And uh, we're just going to go a few more Sundays with this and then we'll be through with this series of sermons. And uh, today and the next two Sundays, we're going to finish out. Uh, so there'll be three more messages, including today. And then that very next Sunday, I believe is March the 13th or 14th there, that Sunday, we will begin our revival services. Uh, we'll start that Sunday morning, go Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday evening. I want you, if you would, to take your calendar and write revival down on that. And I want you to make a point to be here every night that week, if you can, I don't know about you, but I always stand in need of revival. And any opportunity that we get to come back to the Lord's house more and more, we need to take it. 
So I want to encourage you to be here for this week. But let's start praying for that week. Are you all ready for revival? We need to be revived. Our nation needs to be revived. But I'm going to tell you, it's going to start with us. It's going to start with us. So be here, be praying for revival. Won't you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? If anything, if there is anything in this old world standing up for, it's the Holy Bible. The Holy Word of God. Psalms 119 and 103. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. Go back to 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank You, Lord, for the reading of Your Word. Lord, I need You today. I need Your help. I need Your strength. I need Your touch. And Lord, I need Your Holy Spirit. Lord, I need Your help today. And I pray that I allow You to have Your will and way in this sermon. Everything said and done, Lord, I pray it's according to You and not according to me. Lord, I pray that we would allow Your Holy Spirit to have free reign in this place. Lord, I don't want to just come here because it's Sunday and it's time to go to church. Lord, I don't want to just go through the rituals and go through everything, Lord, just out of habit. Lord, I want to do this and be here because I love You, Lord. I want to do this because You're worthy of it, Lord. I don't want to just be here because it's this the time to be here. I want to be here because I want to be here. And Lord, You're worthy of every bit of it, Lord. Lord, I pray You open our hearts this morning. Lord, I pray that our hearts will be soft and pliable to Your Word, that Your Word will mold us and make us into the vessels that would bring You honor and glory, Lord. Lord, I don't want to be heard. I don't want to be seen. But I want Your Son to be seen in this message today. May we apply it to our life. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that souls will be saved today. Lord, I pray that souls will be saved today. And I pray the saved will be drawn closer to You. To You be all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to speak this morning about my responsibility as a Christian. In the next two Sundays after this, I'm going to continue with this thought of my responsibility as a Christian. Jesus said in John 10.10 that I am come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The day that I got saved, I got more than just eternal life. I received the opportunity to live an abundant life. I want you to know this morning that we have an opportunity as God's people to live a life of abundance. This means that we can live up and above the way the world thinks that we ought to live. That means that we can have a joy and a peace and an excitement in something that the world cannot offer us today. That only Jesus Christ can offer us. I want you to know that if you're saved and you're not walking and living in that abundant life, you are shorting yourself in your relationship with Jesus. And I'm going to tell you that if you're living this whole world and you're saved and you're not walking in the abundance of Jesus Christ, you are coming short of what God saved you for. Because every day 
we have the opportunity to live in the abundant life that Jesus gives us. But in order to have that life, in order to walk in the joy of our salvation, let me tell you something, there are some responsibilities that we need to fulfill. Let me tell you something, when God saved your soul, there are some things in the Bible that He expects from you and that He expects from me. And we today are given some responsibilities as His people, and our obedience to these responsibilities will determine the amount of the abundant life that we will walk and live in. Let me tell you something. We are cutting ourselves short as Christians if we are not fulfilling our responsibility as God's people. And there are many things, and we're going to go through these things the next three weeks. Today I'm only going to cover two. But I want to look at two things today that we are responsible to, and I want you to know that the more that we give ourselves to these two things, the more we will profit. The more and the sweeter that our relationship with Jesus will be. Number one, the Bible. I want you to know that you have a responsibility to the Bible. You have a responsibility responsibility to the Word of God. The very moment that you got saved, you were given a responsibility. And I want you to know that the Bible is now your responsibility. The Bible said that when we leave this world, we're going to go stand before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ. Oh, what a great place to be. But the Bible said that the books are going to be opened. And we're going to be judged according to the books. I want you to know that the day that we stand before the Lord, we're going to answer according to the books. And we will answer to the judge by how we lived our life, not according to what the world thought we ought to live, but how the Bible told us to live. I want you to know we have a responsibility, and there will come a day that every one of us will be held responsible to how we lived according to thus saith the Lord. Let me tell you something this morning. The Bible, the Word of God, is the inspired, infallible, and preserved Word of God. I believe, and this preacher believes, and this preacher, by his grace, will always believe that this book is above every other book in all of the world. I want you to know this book stands apart from every textbook. This book stands apart from every science book. This book is inspired. It is written for the purpose to, to give us an education, to give us an understanding of God. And I want you to know that God Himself gave us this today. You say, how do you know what God wants from us? Because God told us in His Word. And these are God's words that we hold in our hands. I told the kids the other night in Awana, it, it, man, it's, it's very disrespectful. When we take the Bible, we open it and, and we start talking and we're laughing and we're picking and we're playing. And, but you say, why, preacher? Because this is the Bible. This is above everything in the entire world. This has the power to save. This has the power to set us free. And I want you to know that it demands our respect, it demands our reverence, and it demands our attention this morning. It stands apart from anything else. And I'm going to tell you, when everything else in the world has fallen and gone by the wayside, the Word of God has still been there. When religions have come and gone, when preachers have come and gone, the Word of God has been there. And it will always be there. When heaven and earth passes away, the Word of God is still going to be here. The Word of God is an eternal Word. And friend, you can you can bank on every promise that the Bible gives you today. Because if the Bible says so, then it's it. A lot of people don't like that today. Well, why do you believe that? Because that's what the Bible says. Well, what does science say? 
Who cares what science says? <laughs> this is on a higher authority than any science book in the world. This is the inspired Word of God that we hold in our hands. The Bible said in Second Peter, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. God moved upon them. We have these words through these men, but by a holy and righteous God. I want you to understand in Psalms 119 and 103. Notice what the psalmist said. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I want you to know the Bible is sweet this morning. I want you to know that it's something good. The very moment that I got saved, my appetite needed to change. My diet needed to change. Before I was saved, I feasted on worldly things and carnal things. But the very moment that Jesus saved me, He separated me. And for that very moment, at that very time that I got saved, my appetite and my diet was to change. Let me tell you something. God, as saved people, God never desired for us to feast on the things of the world. You want to know what He desires for us to eat as as Christians? He desires for us to feast on this. He desires for us to live on this. In 1 Peter 2.2, the Bible said, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word, that ye may grow thereby. You say, preacher, what do you mean desire the milk of the Word? Let me tell you something. Now that we're saved, it is our bread. It is our nutrition. It is our substance on which we live life. I want you to know that the only thing as God's people that can truly fill us, the world will no longer give you what you're looking for. As a child of God, the world will no longer give you what you really need. You know what we need as God's people? We need His words in us. You remember when Ezekiel devoured the Word of God? He took the Word of God in. He said, oh, it's sweet as honey. You remember when Jeremiah devoured the Word of God? He said, oh, it's sweet as honey. Let me tell you, the Word of God is sweet today. And it's sweet to every believer that goes to that Word and feasts upon the Word of God. Let me tell you something. Don't feast on the world anymore, but feast on every word that is in that Bible. Feast on every word because it's your meat, it's your milk, it's your substance. It's how we operate. It's how we go forward. It's on the written Word of God. Let me tell you something, child of God. Feast on the Word. There's a lot of hungry Christians around. There's a lot of Christians walking around hungry. Hungry. And they go to church and they're, oh, tickle my ears, give me what I need. (laughs) Let me tell you what we need. We need His Word in us. We need His Word in us. And the only way to get His Word in us is for us to get in His Word and to become a part of His Word. I want you to also think about that the Bible is the guide. It teaches us on how to live our life. Notice what he said in verse 105. He said, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The very moment I got saved, I was no longer uh, allowed to walk in the ways of the world. But now... I'm demanded and commanded to walk in the ways of God. You say, how do I do that? I walk according to the Bible. And I learn this becomes my guide in life. Let me tell you something. I don't need to pick up a a book written by a man on how to raise my family because the Jehovah God has given me a manual that is above every other manual. I want you to know as a child of God, it's not my responsibility to go to these secular books and seek their wisdom when 
if I just avoid the wisdom of God, let me tell you something, this is what we need in our life. And this becomes our guide. This becomes how we live life. But here's the problem. What this tells us to do goes against everything secular society is doing today. There's a lot of things and a lot of morals that a lot of people is going against in the Word of God. And if you believe those things, if you practice those things, it's, today it's hate speech. Today it's, it, well, you just hate people. No. You love the Bible. And you follow the Bible. And it's not about hating anybody, but it's about allowing this to be our guide. How are we to act as Christians? It's right here in the Bible. How are we to act as a New Testament church? It's right here in the Bible. You need advice? Come to me. I'll help you. I'll do anything I can for you. But you know where we're going to end up going? We're going to go to the Bible. We're going to go to the Word. Because this is the guide that we need in our life. Allow the Word of God to guide you and lead you. You say, preacher, it's not very popular. That's all right. But you keep living by it. You keep living by it. I mentioned this the other day, but you know the the saying now is uh, spoil the spoil the child, spare the rod, spoil the child. Well, the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible says whoop them. I mean, that's what the Bible says. The Bible says whoop them. That's not popular. The Bible says marriage between a man and a woman. Not very popular today. The Bible's the Bible. And let me tell you, the more you live your life according to this, the more blessings and the more righteousness that you're going to find and the closer you're going to be to the Lord. Well, that's just hate speech in that Bible. No, friend, this is holy, righteous, pure. Let me tell you, everything about this is good. Well, we need to change it. No, we need to change us. We need to change. Well, if we can just change it to fit us. No, friend, we need to allow this to change us so that we can fit this. Because when we stand before God, that's what we're going to be held accountable to. It's the written Word of God. And think about something else. Look over with me if you can in Second Timothy. If you're with me, say Amen. Second Timothy chapter 3. And you think it's hard today to live by the Word. You just wait a few more years. And every day it's going to get harder and harder in this society that we live to live by the Bible. But may I tell you that God will always bless us when we do it His way. When we do it His way. Individuals, I want to encourage you to do it His way this morning. Believers, I want to encourage you to do it His way. Church, I want to encourage you, let's do it His way. We'll never go wrong by doing it God's way. Second Timothy. Second Timothy. Chapter 3 and verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I want you to know that the Bible can equip us as believers. Once you get saved, there's things that you're going to need. And this Bible is going to give you those things. Notice what he said in 16, that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Let me tell you, the Word of God is profitable for you in your life today. It's profitable that we apply this to our life. Notice what he said, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. If you want to get equipped according to thus saith the Lord, get in His Word. Let's allow the Bible to equip us with everything that we need as His people. Let me tell you something. We need this in our life. 
We need to walk according to this. Now, look and notice verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect. I love that. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good work. We need to be thoroughly furnished in the Lord today. We need everything that God can give us. And let me tell you, it's found right here in the Bible. You want to get equipped? You want to grow as a Christian? Get in the Bible. Get in the Bible. Now, look in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. May I tell you this morning that we are commanded to study the Bible. You need to get in the Bible so the Bible can get in you. You need to be a part of the Bible so the Bible will be a part of you. And all of this I've talked about instruction and all this guiding and all of this, it's all there. But we'll never get it if we don't ever pick this up and read it. We will never get it. If we don't dust, shake the dust off the books here and get in the Bible. Let me tell you something. Our homes have enough dusty Bibles. We need to open our Bibles individually. We need to open our Bibles as a family. We need to open our Bibles and study the written Word of God. The only way we can apply this to our life is by learning this. And you'll never learn it if you don't get in it. And let me tell you something, the more you get in this, the more you're going to get in Jesus. May I remind you, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. He is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God and was with God. This is Jesus. And the more you get in this, the more you get in Jesus. Oh, ain't that awesome? Let me tell you something, you are cutting yourself short if you're not in this. And I'm going to tell you this, you'll never survive as a Christian if you're not in this. Because this is your meat. This is your milk. This is what you survive off of. Now I want you to look with me in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And I want to think about very briefly another responsibility. We have a responsibility to the Bible, but we also have a responsibility to prayer. How do we get saved? By prayer. It all started with prayer, didn't it? That prayer of faith. Placed in our faith. And the Lord, He said, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that's praying, that's asking. Notice Matthew verse six or chapter 6, verse 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, And when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask Him. I'm going to tell you, we are commanded to pray. We have a responsibility to this Bible this morning, but we have a responsibility to pray. Prayer is the line of communication between us and God. And the only way that we can talk to God is through prayer. And I'm going to tell you, me and my wife, the only way that our marriage is going to succeed is if we have good communication. Isn't that that what you hear? If you don't communicate, you're not going to survive. Let me tell you something. If you don't talk to God, you're not going to survive in your relationship with the Lord. As God's people, we got to be willing every day, many times a day, to be willing to talk to God. You are missing out on the abundant life if you don't have a strong prayer life. 
lot of people, man, they just just warmed over this movie, The War Room. I'm telling you, it's awesome. Man, it had me on shouting ground. Man, I loved it. Somebody said, boy, I, I never thought about going into your closet. I said, Jesus told us to do that 2,000 years ago. He said, I just read it. Go into your closet and pray. That's the command that we go to Him and we pray and we communicate with Him and we fellowship with Him. Let me ask you this morning. When's the last time you stopped everything and you just had a little talk with Jesus? You just had a little talk with I'll tell you what, the little talk with Jesus will do you good this morning. My dad used to tell me every now and then, he said, Son, it's time for us to have a come to Jesus meeting. <laughs> you ever have one then? We all need those times every now and then. But oh, isn't it sweet to stop everything we're doing. And when we go in the precious name of Jesus, we talk to our Heavenly Father and we pray. And we seek His face. And I want you to know that He told us to go into our closet. It's not enough for you to come here on Sunday and pray out loud. He's not impressed with our vain repetitions. He's not impressed how we pray publicly, but I guarantee you He's impressed when we enter our closet and we get in that private prayer life with Him. Yes, come in here and let's pray. Come in here and let's praise His name. But get in your closet. Get in your private life with Him. Get alone with you and God and pray and talk to Him. You need to communicate with the Almighty. You need to know what He wants you to know. And the only way to get it is by talking to Him. Jesus did it over and over and over. He told His disciples, You go on. I'm going to a mountain and I'm going to pray. Jesus enjoyed His private time. Many times He went into the mountain. And guess what? Sometimes He stayed all night long. He stayed all night long. Let me tell you something. If Jesus needs to do that, maybe I need to do it too. If it was good enough for Him, maybe it's good enough for me that I get away from everything and I go talk to the Lord. Say, preacher, man, we, man, we got gymnastics, we got baseball, basketball, football, fishing, hunting, we got it all. I know. But we got to put something down. We got to let something go so we can get alone with our Master and our Savior. We are cutting ourselves short if we don't have a strong prayer life, we need to talk to Jesus. <laughs> we need to fellowship with Him. Me and my wife, we went to Pettigene this week. Friday, we, we went and we, uh, we hiked the trails. We went 12 miles. I'm still sore from hiking and all of that walking. On our way up there, the only thing we talked about was the kids. That's all we know to talk about. But the more we spent that time together, the more our conversation began to change. It began to get sweeter, didn't it, Lacey? And four and oh, we didn't talk about the kids all the time. And we got to fellowship. And the more we talk and the more we stayed together and the more we fell oh, it was so good to get in that mountain together and just fellowship. Let me tell you, it's good to get along with Jesus and fellowship and to learn of Him and to seek His holy face. When's the last time you said no to everything and you got by yourself and you sought the face of God? You just stopped everything and you said, God, here I am. And you just had a little talk with Jesus. You just talked to Him. You fellowship with Him. Preacher, I don't have time. Well, you're cutting yourself short. And I've learned this. If you don't make time, God can make time for you. So make time for Him this morning. 
You need to communicate with the Lord. You need to fellowship with Him. What is prayer for? Prayer is for us an opportunity to bring us, to bring our burdens and our petitions to Him. If you have need this morning, I want you to know that you can go to the Lord and you can take your need to Him. I talked to Brother Darren the other day about his mama and the things that she's going through. My mama's going through a lot of things. I talked to several with family going through things. Man, there's a lot of burdens in there. There's a lot of petitions in there. Aren't you glad we have a holy and righteous God to take them to? When we have no place else to go and we don't know what else to do and we're at the end of our life and we're wondering what are we going to do, guess what we can do? We can take it to Jesus this morning and we can leave it there and we can let Him have it this morning. Take your burdens and petitions to the Lord. You know why we're walking around burdened down? Because we hadn't given them to Jesus. Let's stop. Let's pray. Let's talk to Him. And let's unload our burdens on Him. Let me tell you something. He can carry them today. And I'm going to tell you something else why we seek His face is to seek out His will. To seek out His will. I told you a story about the Lord bringing me here and I told you that I rake leaves all day. And that's how I got the Lord's will. And uh, Brother Kevin came to me at the end of service. He said, you and God got anything else to work out, let me know and I've got leaves galore. And y'all can get out there and y'all can, y'all can work it out. Let me tell you something. And this church is praying right now about seeking God's will. We want and need God's will in our life. And the only way we're going to find it is by sitting down and talking to Him. When I prayed about coming here, I begged Him, Lord, show me. Lord, show me. Lord, show me. And He finally showed me. You know why? Because I asked Him. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. Let me tell you something. We need to seek the face of God and His counsel. What does God want us to do? God is blessing this church beyond measure. We talked about the other day the possibility of building a building. Isn't that scary? Us old rednecks out here in Promised Land. Middle of a cornfield. Huh. What? God's awesome. God can do anything. But what i got to do seek Him. Not God, my will, but God, Your will. And we'll never know His will if we don't ask Him for it. When's the last time you sat down in your life personally and you said, God, what do you want from me? What's Your will? When's the last time, and I hope you prayed this week for the will of our church. I asked you to. Let's seek out the face of God. Let's seek His will. And friend, I want you to know that His will be done in this place. Pray without ceasing. That means pray every day. That means never stop praying. Never stop praying. You got a burden on your heart? Pray for it today. Pray for it this morning. Pray for it at lunch. Pray for it tonight. Pray for it tomorrow. You know our biggest problem sometimes is we quit praying. Sometimes we got to pray things through. We pray something once or twice and we don't see it answered, so we just stop. Don't stop praying. Pray it through. You praying for somebody to be saved? You say, Preacher, I've been praying ten years. You pray another ten years, if that's what it takes. You say, Preacher, I've been praying thirty years. You keep praying. There's a woman there in Texas. She prayed thirty years for her husband to be saved. About five years ago, her husband got saved. Thirty years. She poured her heart out. She prayed without ceasing. 
There was a time that I wasn't walking in the will of the Lord. You know what got me where I am as a praying mama that prayed without ceasing, nonstop, nonstop. And I'm going to close with this. You pray, but when you pray, you better pray in the name of Jesus. Y'all hear me? There's no other name. Listen to me. And I don't care if I offend anybody. Muhammad and Baal won't do it. But you pray in the precious name of Jesus. And you watch heaven open up unto you. Jesus said in John 14, 14, If ye ask anything in my name, I will do it. Ask in the precious name of Jesus. When you pray, you bathe your prayer in the precious name of Jesus. And you make everything be about Jesus. And when you ask a petition, you pray it in the name of Jesus. When you bring your burden, you do it in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus said, you do it in my name, I'll do it. You do it in my name, not any other name. There's no other name this morning but the name of Jesus. Pray in that name. Are you praying in that name? What a beautiful name it is. Oh, what a precious name. The precious name of Jesus. When's the last time you took your burdens to Jesus? When's the last time you said, Lord, here it is, take it from me? And you prayed it in Jesus' name over and over and over. What do we need to do, preacher? We need to bathe everything that we're going through in prayer. The more you read this, the closer you're going to be with Jesus. And the more you pray, the closer you're going to be with Jesus. Every Sunday, I open up the opportunity to come to these altars. I think it ought to be good to see them full every now and then. It's just my opinion. We go through a lot. Man, we go through a lot of trials. We go through a lot of stuff. This church has some big decisions. We need to seek His face. We need to fall on our face. Amen? We need to fall on our face. I want to encourage you to come to the altar this morning. Lay it down before Him and just pray. Just say, Lord, here it is. Lord, here it is. Maybe you're here today and you're saved and your spiritual life is suffering. When's the last time you studied the Word? When's the last time you just talked to the Lord? Friend, if you're not doing that, you're not going to have a successful relationship with Jesus. You're cutting yourself short. You remember that lady on War Room? Everybody likes the older black lady on War Room. She was awesome. But I know real life people like that. That are just like that. You know why? Because they seek the face of God every day. Multiple times a day. And I pray that God will find us doing that this morning. Would you be willing to seek Him? When's the last time you just sat down and you fellowshiped with Him? When's the last time you just sat down and you said, Oh, Lord, I love You. Oh, Lord, thank You. Thank You for being so good. When's the last time you said, Lord, oh, my family needs You. Lord, I put my family in Your hands. When's the last time? Let's do that this morning. Let's all stand very quiet, very reverent. And she's just going to play this morning. I want to ask every head bowed, every eye closed. The altar is open. If you have a public decision to make this morning, I want to invite you to do that. If you need to be saved, come right now. If you need to join this church, come right now. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Would you come?